The following is a presentation of the Open Door Bible Baptist Church and Pastor Chris Tice. For more audio and video content, please check us out on the web at www.opendoornj.org. Let me just give you four things tonight of how we can live a, per se, fretless life, how we can fret not. Uh, go with me to verse number three right away. And, if you, and for all these other points, all of them are very important. All of them are uh, very good tools and, and keys that you need to have in your life. But can I tell you that number, point number one is the launching pad. It's the foundation, because otherwise you can't do the rest of this. Is number one, you need to trust in the Lord. Trust in the Lord. He says, trust in the Lord and do good. So shalt thou dwell in the land, and verily thou shalt be fed. First of all, you need to have your total confidence, total reliance, Everything about you, every fiber of your being needs to be trusting the Lord. Uh, it's very, I, I know I've, it's my life first. I like, it's my life first for a reason because I've had to rely on God. I've had to uh, go to him and, and literally just say, Lord, it's yours. It's fine. Everything I have, it's yours. It's trusting the Lord. Trust in the Lord with all your heart. God doesn't want half of you. He doesn't want a quarter. There's no fractions with it. God wants all of you, and he wants you to trust in him. Uh, there was a man in... Uh, Long Island, New York, Long Island, New York. And uh, he loved weather. He studied weather all the time. It's not Brother Chris. Right? I know he's from there. Right? He's looking at me like, well, is it me? No. Uh, but he studied weather and loved weather. And his lifelong dream was to purchase a very expensive uh, barometer. And if no, that measures uh, weather a- atmospheric activity. And, and so he finally uh, went online, found it, saved up his money. I mean, this is very expensive. And he found it, purchased it. It came in the mail. And uh, he opened it up, and he looked at the barometer, and the barometer said, uh, immediately, the, the needle, the indicator needle, was on hurricane. And he's like, what in the world? He's like, hurricane, okay. So he starts shaking it. He's like, I just bought this brand new one. stuck on the hurricane. So he gets, he starts smashing it. He starts throwing it around. He's, I mean, it's, he's trying to get it to work. He was so furious, so mad. So he writes a nasty letter to this company, and he gets it. And uh, so he puts it in, wraps it back up in the box, puts the nasty letter in there, Puts in his car, drives all the way uh, to where he worked, worked outside of Long Island, and he mailed it. Uh, that evening when he returned, uh, he noticed that his house was gone. <laughs> and to find out that there was a hurricane and it had passed through. Now, some of you are like, that's stupid, you know. But you see, the barometer was right all along. He's like, there's no hurricane. I just opened this up, ain't no hurricane. But you see, when it comes to our lives and we follow God's plan and we say, God, we're going to follow your plan. You want me to do that? No, no, that's stupid. What in the world? This is the bet. This is the way. This is the plan that I'm supposed to do, right? This, this. All right, all right. Oh, oh, you were right. Oh, yeah, I should. And you know what? And it's sad, and we learn from our mistakes, but God says, listen, I want total reliance on me. I want you to trust me with all your heart. Trust me with uh, your plan. See, the Bible says there are many devices in a man's heart. Now, he's not talking about cell phones and those kind of devices. When he talks about devices, it literally means uh, plans. It means that there is plans in your heart, and the man says, you know, I, got, I know this is probably the best way. And a lot of times, as Christians too, you know, we're not going out, we're not uh, doing wicked things, but we have our own way, what we think God's will is. And we're saying, oh, you know, it could be this way, it could be this way, that way. But God says, listen, there's many devices in a man's heart, but the counsel of the Lord, that shall stand. He says, my way will stand, yours won't. You can, and God will let you, he'll let you follow it your own way, but, but just like a gracious father, he'll always be there to take you back. Hey, you ready? Ready to get back on track? You ready to do this? So we first have total reliance on his plan. Uh, 
in my life, I, I always have one DCP story I have to tell uh, everybody. It's my old job, but uh, this one I'll always remember. Um, trusting the Lord, obviously, is my life first. I, I try my best. I'm not perfect at it, but I, everything that I do, I want to follow the Lord. And I believe from the time of college and, and who I married and, and uh, just... I made sure that this is what the Lord wanted. And I, always, and I honestly just prayed to the Lord. I said, God, listen, if this is not your will, please stop me. If it is, continue. I'm simple like that. I said, God, you've got to make things obvious to me uh, because I'm very simple. But I, I told the Lord after I got this job and I was in college, um, I worked a lot of hours. Was, I'm not exaggerating, about three hours a night of sleep. And just, uh, you know, I, just, I remember just trying to survive, trying to pass my classes. Graduation was that year, and I'm just like, I'm not going to graduate. I don't know if I'm going to graduate. I'm praying. I need 25 credits in one semester. I'm like, I don't know I want to do this with this job full time, 60 hours. And you got the bus ministry on the weekend. Just, it was just a lot of stuff. And I remember uh, I, the job that I do is I, we deliver in semis. We go to, to trucks, go in trucks and deliver to Dunkin' Donuts. And not the racks and not the donuts, but everything besides that, the tables, the chairs, all that kind of stuff. And I was in Chicago, and we were late, and there's a big guy. His name was Scott. And uh, Scott was about 6'4", 300 pounds, and a total truck driver. Just total, I mean, if there's a truck driver, it's, 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 his name is Scott. Uh, this guy is just, I mean, he's got the earring, the tattoos. He's a Harley Davidson driver. I mean, and I remember when I first saw him, I was a little intimidated. <laughs> I was a little scared. Uh, you know, I was afraid. He looked like I prop my entire head would fit in his palm of his hand, you know. And, and so I just, I mean, I'm just a little scared of this guy, but... Uh, Scott, honestly, once I got to know him, we built a relationship. It's just me and him for 12 hours in a truck, and, and I think God allowed that. I believe that was all uh, his plan. But um, Scott, really, I found that just to be a big teddy bear. It really, it's all he was. He would just have his big exterior, but really, and deep down inside, I just knew he was just a big old, big old Paddington bear. You know, he was just a big old bear. But I remember talking to him, and, and uh, I've always asked the Lord, you know, prior uh, to this one particular night I'm going to tell you about, but... Um, just give me an opportunity to witness to him. Just, I hope that, you know, if anything, hope that I, at least that, you know, I, I, my witness to the way I live my life, he can at least look at that. But I said, Lord, give me an opportunity. I want to talk to him. I don't just want to do this lifestyle evangelism. I want to actually talk to him. And so uh, I remember one night, though, I wasn't even thinking about it. It was a long, long day. We were out in Chicago, and about 5 o'clock in the morning, I'm thinking about school. It was in two hours, and I haven't slept yet. I'm just like, I can't take this anymore. And I, I'm literally having a pity party. I mean, all I needed was balloons and streamers. I mean, that, then that was it. It's just a total pity party. And just, I mean, you know, by myself there. And I'm sitting there like, Lord, I'm worrying, like, my mind like crazy. I'm just like, I'm not going to graduate. I can't do this. I'll tell you what, God, I'm like, you know, I don't even know why. I'm dating Liz at the time. I don't know why she's going to date me. I mean, this guy, I can't even stay awake in class. I mean, I'm going I'm to fall asleep on my wedding day. I mean, I'm so tired. I'm like, just tired. And I'm, just, I'm, th- I'm literally, I'm not kidding. I'm having this total pity party. You're laughing now. I mean, I look back and I laugh. It's just total, just what in the world, you know, I'm blowing my streamers and everything, you know, I'm just like, you know, oh, woe is me, I was a big old Eeyore, and all of a sudden that night, as I'm having, I mean, I'm not, I, I guess, I, usually he knows I fall asleep, and he's sitting there driving, all of a sudden he just, he looked over and said, Brian, can I ask you a question, and he asked me a question, he just, he asked me something about our college, he knew about uh, the college we went to, and um, he said, you know, I just got some rules, you got some things there, girls wear skirts, and you know, the the guys all wear shirt and ties and all that kind of stuff. And he started asking me a lot. And, and just an honest answer. Wasn't trying to, you know, uh, you know, make fun of it or mock it. He just said, I just want to know. He said, just, I, I didn't grow up like that. I'm a farm boy. He's like, I don't know anything. Like, I, I told him. And it's a 45-minute drive back to the warehouse we were going. And for 45 minutes, that little question he asked me, and I had no intention, but I went through the entire plan of salvation with him. 
And all through, I mean, I, I felt like I went through Genesis almost to Revelation. At least I got to John. And I just like, and I'm usually tired, but I just remember, and it, it was just, it flowed. It wasn't like I was forcing it. I even, wasn't even thinking about it, you know. And, and he just starts, man, I didn't know that. I mean, wow, you know. And tell him about, Ad, he didn't know about Adam and Eve. And, you know, I'm just giving them just the story and all that kind of stuff. And, I mean, he's just like, man, like, Ryan, you're blowing my mind. 45 minutes, I've learned more about the Bible than I've learned in my entire life. And we're talking, we're getting to the warehouse, and eventually, you know, I, I'm, I'm talking to him, and, and uh, I, I, I proposed the question, and he, he knows he's a sinner. He knows that if he were to die in his sins, he'd go to hell, and I, and I, I gave him that opportunity. I just remember looking in his eyes, and he's just kind of looking at me like, you know, I, I offered him that I could lead him in a prayer or that he could repeat after me or pray himself. I said, just accept Christ as a Savior, and he just kind of was just, I see in his eyes, just he's fighting it, and I said, you know what, the devil right now, he's trying to, he's trying to tell you right now, you can put this off. He may say, yes, Scott, you need this, but you can do it later. And he looked at me like the biggest eyes like, are you reading my mind, you know? And, and I said, no, I said, it's just the great, one of the biggest lies the devil will tell you that you need to, that yes, you need to be saved, but not right now. And he'll make you procrastinate, put it off. And long story short, uh, I was able to leave uh, Scott to the Lord just right there uh, in the dock uh, when we pulled up. And I remember just being so encouraged, just like, man, I was on fire. I felt like I had 18 hours of sleep after that. I was just, like, so excited. I told I think I texted Liz, and I was talking to everybody. I was telling my roommate, like, hey, man, just Scott got saved. I was excited. And then I remember just, like, thinking there, the Holy Spirit telling me, like, you see, Brian? It's like, just trust me. It's like, you're, you're going to be all right. You know, I, I felt that there, like, I, was, I wasn't going to do anything for the Lord just because of my sleep schedule and this and that. I didn't feel spiritual. But God said, listen, it's like, just trust me. Just trust my plan because I got this all taken care of. You just need to follow. You'd have total reliance upon me and total reliance also on his provision for us look at the very uh bottom part of verse three it says trust in the lord and do good so shalt thou dwell in the taj mahal and verily thou shalt have a five-star dinner and everything else no it says and all of you are looking at me, that's in scripture no listen so thou shalt dwell in the land and verily thou shalt be fed god doesn't promise us that we're going to have uh, this massive mansion with 16 bedrooms and seven and a half baths and uh, four-car parking garage, and all of us would like that, and I'm not against any of those things, you know, but, but he says, you'll have a land, you'll have a place to live, he said, and you'll be fed. You know, a lot of times we're, you know, we may not live in a mansion, but we have a roof over our head. We may not die in a five-star restaurant every day of our lives, but we'll be fed. We may not get everything we want, but God will supply what we need. Uh, there was a story of a man who was uh, out, and he was looking at all his neighbors, and he saw all the people, new, all the new neighbors moving into these massive houses. And he had a pretty decent house, but he just like, man, he got so jealous, so envious of them. Just like, what in the world? I, I got to do something. So he he looks, uh, he puts his house on the market, calls his realtor, puts his house on there, and and then about a couple months into uh, selling his house, he looked in the newspaper and saw a really beautiful house, and said, man, I want this one. I want this is the house that I want. So he calls his realtor up. And the guy's like, okay, well, why don't you describe it to me, and I'll try and find that house for you. He's all right, well, it has this, it has this windows, it has that, and everything else. And then Quilcher's like, uh, sir, he's like, yeah, he goes, sure, it's not your house you were just looking at. You see, a lot of us, we just look at what we have compared to, you know, we, we try and compare, and we, we say, you know, oh, I could have, oh, man, I wish I could have this, and I wish I could have that. But you know what? Really, in our lives, we, we have roof over our heads, clothes on our backs. Uh, we have a great place to live. I'm thankful for where I live. I'm thankful that... Uh, Lord, I, I mean, being in Chicago and Philadelphia and all these different cities in America, I'll tell you what, it, just seeing the homeless, and, and I feel so bad for them, but just, man, just, I, I take that for granted. I take for my house and, and things that I have, and the fact that we're in a church building tonight, uh, just we take those things for granted. But 
uh, have total trust in the Lord. That's how we can get away. Where when we can trust in him, just say, you know what, God, I'm worried about this in my life. I'm worried about this. But you know what, I'm trusting you. I'm trusting in your plan, and I'm trusting in your provision. Not only that, but if you look at point number two, he says, trust in the Lord and do good, so shalt thou dwell in the land, and verily thou shalt be fed. But also, to get over being fretful, not only do you need to trust, but also you need to delight in the Lord. Delight in the Lord. Uh, some of us find delight in some things. If you're stressed out, if you're, you know, for me, I like watching sports. I love, I could sit and hibernate during football season. I could sit with a bag of Takis and some ice cream and some other stuff. Mr. Yeah, all right, some people, they like in Takis. I would, I could, I'm not kidding, I could hibernate. I would look totally different. I look like a bear coming out. But I, I could watch Eagles. I don't care if they go 0-16. I could just watch every single game. I could hibernate, right? And uh, that's what I find delight in that. Uh, some people, we find delight in food. That's another one of me, right? Sports and food, those are my big uh, things that I find delight in. God says, if you want to get over fretfulness, if you want to stop with the worry and fear in your life, know what he says? He says, delight in me. You're like, how do you delight in me? How do you find delight in God? Well, first of all, let me just name some things that you could find delight in. His goodness, his grace, his mercy, unconditional love, salvation, health, able mind, able body, godly friends and family, roof over your heads, clothes on your back, food on the table, legs that can walk, eyes that can see, ears that can hear, mouth that can talk, legs that can walk. Uh, you know, God is good all the time, and all the time God is good. Listen, if you can just, if you sit there and you find things that you can praise about and find things, you know, you're kind of like, man, all these things in my life, but you know, God is so good. Man, he's good to me and my family. I'm so glad that I'm in church tonight. I'm so glad I go to a Bible-preaching church that I'm not worrying about what's the pastor preaching or what, if it's true or not. No, but it's from the Bible. I'm glad that, you know, I have people in the Christian school. I'm glad I work in the Christian school. I mean, God is just so, wait, where do my worries go? See, when you find delight in the Lord and you delight in him and give praise to him, all those things that seem very, very small, really are small, but we make them big, make those little problems into anthills. Uh, but when we find those problems, all of them just become a thing of the past. We're like, oh, I was worried about that? Oh, yeah. How many after you were worried about something, it came to pass, and then you're like, oh, that was, that's me, right? So God says if you want to get over your worry, over your fretfulness. He says, you know what? Trust in me. Trust in my plan. Trust in my, my, uh, uh, my ability to provide for you. He says, but also delight in me. So he's fine delight. He says, delight thyself in the Lord, and he shall give thee the desires of thine heart. Now, some of us, we have desires in our heart. And, you know, and someone, maybe I desire, again, maybe material things. I want a big car. I want the new 2015 Chevy Camaro. I want you know, I, I want to be able to ride around and, you know, Brother Chris would like me to pick him up in that, right? And just hit, kick it in sixth gear and just get it, keep on going, right? But you see, he says, he'll give you the desires of that heart. And I'm like, man, that's kind of dangerous. I don't know if God should, but you see, when your thoughts are to the Lord and you delight in him and you think about how good he is, your desires become his desires. And you're not going to be worried about whether or not, okay, uh, you know, well, God, I don't know if you don't know what my desires are. I mean, I'm lava material. I like some money. I like, you know, I don't want to have any more bills, any more debt. But you know what? He says, your desires become my desires. Once you think on me and think on my goodness. Hudson Taylor said this. Uh, Hudson Taylor, missionary to China and founder of what is today known as the Overseas Missionary Fellowship, gave this excellent advice. Let us give up our work, our plans, ourselves, our lives, our loved ones, our influence, our all, 
right into God's hands. And then when we have given all over to him, there will be nothing left for us to be troubled about. Once everything is given to him, once you've allowed him to take everything in your life and you find delight in him and you just start thinking about him, you know what? Everything just, be, just comes from the past. It, you don't think about it as much. And all your worries become, that seem big, become small. And your desires also are changed. He said, I'll give you the desires of your heart, but also, he says, they'll be changed. So first of all, we find that, how can I get over fretfulness? Number one, trust in the Lord. Give your total reliance and confidence in him, his plan, his will for your life. And also that, he said, delight, he said, delight thyself in the Lord. Find something to praise God about. Look at every day, say, oh, I'm going to praise the Lord. Man, if I, just, if I just kept a list of everything I'm thankful for, man, I'm just like, why am I such a worry war? Why? I mean, don't worry, be happy, you know? I mean, I, you can just find delight in the Lord. But not only this, but then he says, commit to the Lord. Verse number five says, commit thy way unto the Lord. Trust also in him and he shall bring it to pass. He said, commit thy way to the Lord, or unto the Lord. A lot of times, uh, in other words, the word commit is to make his way your way. Uh, Commitment's a huge, strong thing. Most of us, uh, I know that on May 24th, uh, 2014, I entered, uh, I had commitment to my wife, uh, and entered into a relationship, and there was a commitment uh, there. Uh, it's a commitment that's not taken lightly. It's a commitment that's just kind of like, ah, oh, well, it works, it works, it happens, it happens. You know, it's, it's a total reliance commit, commitment. Uh, when I think of somebody in the Bible, and there's plenty of uh, Bible characters as you can think of. There's many of uh, different things that you know that this person was a committed person. David, who wrote it, he was committed. He had some problems. He had some faults, as we all do. But he was a committed person. He loved the Lord. And we can think of a lot. But there's one name that you don't hear of very often. That's Jephthah. And uh, Jephthah, and the, he was a judge, and uh, during the times when after uh, Joshua and uh, Moses and Joshua, there, before there was ever a king, Saul, for Israel, uh, God appointed judges. And uh, the, one of the judges, I believe the ninth judge, was Jephthah. And Jephthah was uh, just a man that loved the Lord. After the judges before him, there was uh, children of Israel, did wicked in the sight of the Lord, and then they got right. And they said, God, we love you, we got right. And then... And they went back to their wickedness, and Lord, we need you again. Oh, okay, we love you. And then it was just a back and forth thing, and even with some of the judges. Some were good, some were bad. But then some, uh, especially Jephthah, Jephthah loved the Lord. Uh, his background's not the greatest background. He was an illegitimate uh, son. Uh, he was born of a harlot, and uh, a lot of people, and because he was born of a harlot, he was kicked out by his brothers, uh, of his, uh, not his real dad, but his, his other dad, and and uh, he was a very great man of valor, the Bible says. He was a man that could fight in war. And, but they kicked him out. They said, we don't want you to get our inheritance when our father dies, so get out of here. Uh, you're not even our real brother. And so uh, he, he left. And, but then when uh, the certain uh, tribe and army came uh, against them, he says, uh, you know, you're my, uh, why don't you come back, Jephthah? And he says, I thought you didn't want me. And he said, yes, we, we need you. And uh, we, we need you desperately, Jephthah. We need you to help us. And so they made him head of the army. Long story short, he wins some battles. There was another battle he was going into. And uh, Jephthah, uh, as he was going into this battle, um, kind of got worried a little bit. And I could see, I mean, if, if anything, when you're worried about something, especially guys in the military and going to war, you know, you think about, you value your life. And you, you want to make sure you get back, and not just for yourself, but you have loved ones. And, and he had one daughter, and he had a loved, uh, one daughter, his only daughter. And uh, I know that he probably thought, this is what I just think in his mind, that he wanted to come back. So he said, he made, the Bible says he vowed a vow unto the Lord. And when he vowed unto God, he said, Lord, 
He says, if you just bring me back from this battle, I'll go in and we come out victorious. He says, whatever comes out of my house first, I'll offer it as a burnt offering. He's like, God, I'll give it to you. He's like, if you just do that. And he had a lot of cattle. He had a lot of different things. And so uh, he's just thinking, Lord, whatever it is, I, I will give it to you. He came back. God held his promise and, said, and, and let him prosper and prevailed. As he was coming home, just like when you would watch those YouTube videos of, you know, military men coming home and the kids running up to them and, and all those things, uh, you find, we find Jephthah coming home. And the Bible says that his daughter, his only daughter, and he remember he told the Lord, the first thing that comes out of that greets me out of my house is I offered a sacrifice. I don't think he ever was expecting his daughter to ever come out. And his daughter came out, and unlike those videos I was talking about where they're crying, they, it's a great rejoicing. She was happy, but man, those, those tears just turned into, uh, they weren't tears of joy, they were tears of sorrow, realizing what he just told the Lord. And God says, hey, remember, you said whatever you offer to me. And I remember, and so Jephthah comes out, and the Bible says he rent his clothes and just wept and just said, and the daughter's kind of like wondering what's wrong. And he says, a famous verse in the Bible that, that at least to me, that I know, he says, and I'm going to paraphrase a little bit, but he says, I have opened my mouth unto the Lord, and I cannot go back. Now, that's a strong statement. He looked at his daughter right in her eyes and says, I've opened my mouth to the Lord. He's like, I can't go back. Now, if that's commitment, the Bible says that she went off and he allowed her to cry, and she gave, he, she basically asked, and, she, and the thing about, thing that I look at him as even being a fatherly figure to her is that she allowed it. So she had a good spirit, and she wanted to please the Lord as well. She said, Lord, she said, do thou to me that you promised to the Lord. She said, just give me two months. And later on, the Bible describes that he did unto her as he had promised to the Lord. And you're like, that is a crazy story, brother. Man. What, are you kidding me? It's like, he did that? If there's anything, do you know what he was rewarded for? He's mentioned in the book of uh, Hebrews, chapter 11, as the faith of Jephthah. They named, they named a bunch of names, but his name is in there forever in history, in the Bible. But you know what? That is true commitment. Saying, you know what, a lot of us, I've made promises to the Lord. And we've made, say, Lord, I'll do this. But, oh, man, I forgot I didn't do that. Lord, I'll read these many chapters. Oh, I didn't do that today. I read one. You know? And I, don't, I understand that we're not making some vast offer to the Lord that I'll sacrifice my family and different things. But, but you know, our commitment is very valuable to the Lord. He wants to know if we can rely and trust in him, he should rely and trust us. Uh, and commitment is huge. If you commit your way to the Lord, the Bible says you trust in me. Then he says, delight in me, find praises to me. But then he says, commit your way to me. He says, commit all that you have to me. Everything that you, that you think is the right way, whatever it may be, commit to I need your commitment. And once you do that, and you rely, and you trust in him, and you delight in him, and then you uh, commit your way to him, it's just, man, those worries are getting smaller and smaller as I go down this list, right? Commit your way to the Lord. And then lastly, we look at the very last one. He says, commit that way unto the Lord. Trust also in him, and he shall bring it to pass. And he shall bring forth thy righteousness as the light and thy judgment as the noonday. And then number seven, after we've done all those last three things, we've done all those different uh, parts, I love number seven. It's my favorite word. Favorite word, especially after a long day. Rest. Rest in the Lord. Rest in the Lord and wait patiently for him. Fret not thyself because of him who prospereth in his way, because of the man who bringeth wicked devices to pass. He says rest in the Lord. Once you've can totally... Uh, relied on him, once you have totally uh, given your trust, your all to him, once you have delighted in him and sing praises to him, 
Once you have done that and you've committed to him, you've sent, Lord, I'm committing my life to you and everything uh, that, that I have, then he says, you know what? You can rest in the Lord. Rest doesn't mean that you're laying on the Lord. You're literally falling asleep. But in a sense, it literally means this, to be silent to the Lord, to be still and wait. Once you've done all the first three points, you say, you know what? Then I'm just like, Lord, it's you. I'm done. I've done everything you asked me to do. Now I'm completely resting on what you would have for me. Once we completely and confidently rest in the Lord, we can almost then take a sigh of relief. We know that our lives are in his hands. Uh, there is a story of a, uh, in the Philippines of a uh, man who, uh, just during the time where they had a lot of uh, oxen and, and wagons and different things, and uh, it was very uh, custom for people just to walk, and mainly for many miles. But most of the time, they would have uh, there would be some people that were that ha- that ha- could afford uh, an animal and then have a wagon attached to it, preferably an oxen, and and uh, they would be able to go to the store, and that's how they would do groceries. Imagine doing that today, you know, and going Lakewood Farm and no road with that, you won't get very far, right? Uh, but uh, people in Lancaster can do it though, with the horses and everything else. But um, just imagine this guy's going along the road, and he's about to make a, a visit, uh, this Filipino man. And he gets out, and he's, he's on, the, his, on, his, on the hoxen, and he's got the wagon. It's empty. And he's looking. He sees an old man on the road. And the old man is, is just struggling. This guy has is, is, uh, just got a very big weight, a very big, uh, I wouldn't say a backpack, but just he's carrying a lot of things, just a weight on his shoulder. And he is just, just like dying, just like barely <laughs> like heaving. And so he, he event was passing him, but he stopped and turned around and said, uh, sir, if you need any help, and he's like, yeah, if you could, if you could please help me. He's like, I don't know if I'm going to make it. He's like, I got all this stuff to bring. And so he says, why, why don't you come on? So he lets them hop in the back of the wagon. And, and uh, so they're going on the trip, they're riding, and he just went to go check, you know, kind of look back and see how the old man's doing. He's like, oh, man, you're doing all right? And he's still heaving. And he's just like, you okay? And he looked, and the backpack was still on his back. He was on the wagon, but that weight was still on him. He didn't remove the weight from him. He just took him off his feet but that weight was still on him. You see, what's great is once we give our burdens to Christ, once we allow that load to come off, it's just almost just like, I can rest. I have peace. When we go to bed, I don't know about you, but you know, we, we, I want to go to bed with, with peace in my mind, peace in my heart. Otherwise, it just you become restless, and, and that worry and that fear, you're worrying about things of tomorrow, and I was just telling my wife the other day, she was saying, probably we heard in college, that one of the most spiritual things you can do is rest. Uh, but, see, when we allow our problems, that sin which just so easily beset us, whether it's sin or whether it's a problem or trial in our life, when we have that on our backs, yes, that man took that guy, he, and he was, he was off the road, and he didn't have to walk anymore, but that weight was still on his back. He didn't relieve him of that weight. God wants to relieve that weight. He says, take my yoke upon you, for my uh, yoke is easy, my burden is light. He said he wants us to find peace in him. Once you commit yourself to the Lord, once you find trust in him, once you completely relied in everything, total reliance upon him, you've delighted in him, saying, God, you're so good, and you just delight yourself in the Lord. Once you do that and commit to him, then you can finally rest. The Bible says rest in the Lord and wait patiently for him. God says, I got this. I'm going to take care of you. I'm not going to guarantee you a walk in a park life, you know, we look at the world, and I know in the beginning it talked about the, the evildoers and that the, their, their way prosperous, and it makes us fretful. We get so upset because, man, I'm struggling, but these guys aren't. Uh, you, you know what? The Bible says, you know, the, uh, the, the Christian life that we say, yes, it's hard, but, you know, the Bible says that the way of a transgressor is hard. Literally says that the way of a transgressor is hard. They may seem all pretty and fancy on the outside, but inside they're just dead 
and we shouldn't envy them. Why would you envy something that you know is going to be cut down? But God says, I don't want you to be fretful. I don't want you to be fearful. I don't want that to control your life because if you do, the fear of man bringeth the snare. It traps you. But he says, listen, all you have to do is this. Trust in me. After you trust in me, delight in me. Find, just, just tell me how good I am to you. God wants to hear how good he is to you. Even though he knows he is good, just like a parent or, or a husband or a wife, they want to know that they're appreciated. They know that they're appreciated by the actions you do, but they want to hear it. God wants you to hear that he's appreciated, that, he, that you love him, that you delight in him. So once you trust, you delight, and you commit your way to him, then the Bible says you will find rest. You can rest in the Lord. If God has used this ministry in any way to be a blessing to you, please take a moment to send us an email to info at opendoornj.org. Also, if you would like to support this ministry financially, you can do so online at opendoornj.org. Thanks for tuning in.